And welcome everyone live to the studios of Triple H 100.1 FM. You are, of course, listening to Small Biz Matters here with Alexi Boyd. And we are across the community radio network. Thank you so much for joining me for another fantastic week of small business education, advocacy and love of all things small business. Now, I'm super excited about today's show. I've been saying super excited for a number of weeks now because we've had a great run of guests. But today we're talking about something that's really topical and really probably close to the heart of most small businesses, and that is all about capital and finance and raising funding for your business. Now, we all know as small businesses that it's very hard to get started. It's very difficult to get up and running. Quite often, you have to make a very personal investment. You have to possibly put your house on the line. You have to stop working, and uh, there's a lot of financial impact that can happen to you and your family. As you grow, that uh, continues and the funding that you require also might increase. And today we're going to be uh, joined by some experts in their fields to talk about the, the notion of being financially fit. Now, back in July, I was speaking to Kate Cannell, who is, of course, the um, uh, Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman. She's the one who represents all of us at the federal level. And she represent, she released a small business funding guide. This was, in, uh, this was along with Scottish Pacific. And they launched this as a, a new, I guess, guide to assist businesses with small business funding and helping to, them to understand why it's important to be financially aware. At the time, it was really refreshing to see industry heavyweights use their data collected from years of small business reporting for the power of good. Um, and when they joined together with the office of Kate Carnell, it obviously became quite powerful. It's a very useful guide. I would say it's very user-friendly. It's very easy to read. It's very easy to digest. And it assists you as small businesses to understand why, how, and practical strategies to prepare for funding applications. And that doesn't matter what type of funding you're seeking because essentially the guide helps you with all of those options. So what is the guide and how does it help my business to access much needed capital injection? Today, we bring together three experts in their fields to help you, the small business owner, to understand what the guide like this can educate you about being financially fit. What are the different types of small business funding and how it can help you to really grow your business. Lelet Kalasia from All That Counts is a seasoned financial professional and accounting advisor who knows at the front line what it's like to see businesses rise and fall. David Rose is here from Scottish Pacific to tell us how and why the guide came about. And also we welcome Harry Gurrell who'll be joining us a little bit later, the founder of Hillier's Transport to share with him, to share with our listeners, the small business funding journey that he's on. Welcome so much to the show, guys. Morning. Good morning. Thanks, Alexia. That's a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me in the studio. Now, I'm I'm very pleased to have, firstly, you, Lilette. Thank you so much for joining me. We've we've crossed paths on a number of ways, <laughs> a number of reasons. And you're extremely passionate about supporting small businesses in their financial journey. Now, can you just tell me a little bit about why it's so important that a, a small business is financially fit, really knows their numbers, and how that can help them grow? Okay. Well, I think firstly, you know, business is not a game. It's, you know, you are responsible for your family livelihood. Um, those, if you have staff, you're responsible for those around you, you know, those that you employ. Um, so, so really people need to start taking their numbers seriously. It's it's not a compliance tick, tick box anymore. And yet I still see so many businesses who don't value what a really good accountant and a bookkeeper can do for their business. Uh, when, you, when you're armed with a great accountant, 
your business will no no doubt um, get on that journey of being financially fit because you do have someone. It's like a weight loss coach. You know, you can't lose weight if you don't have someone, you know, I guess coaching you, mentoring you, and there's no difference in business. You know, you need to have someone who is, is there who is going to make sure you do what you said you're going to do. You go into business, it's not a game. It's, And I think that's what too many people... Um, think, well, if it doesn't work, we'll try something new. Mm. And it's a very good point, actually, because the role of the accountant has stopped being just the number cruncher and just the producer of reports and the data entry person. And now that person, both accountants and bookkeepers, are more advisors in that financial space. Do you think that's made the whole small business community in your wealth of experience more financially literate because of the role of accountants and bookkeepers? Um, definitely, it definitely plays a part. But I also I also think that because um, small business, you know, small business owners are getting younger, uh, and they they generally um, want to know their numbers, their financials, and because of the software that's out there, it makes it a lot easier for people to take ownership of their own numbers. Mm. Do they understand what they're doing, and do they? Uh, can they read a balance sheet? Probably not, but they do like to take control. So has that created more of a uh, savvy type of business owner? Yes and no, because I think they're savvy in one aspect where they think they can do it all, but what falling you know but you know what's falling through the cracks no doubt is the fact that they truly don't understand um, their financials so when it comes to growth or when it comes to things like um, needing extra funding they have no idea where to go uh, because they probably only rely on what's in the bank mm. and what's due you know what what's what do they have to pay in terms of tax and what's in the bank and that's how they judge their business and I think many businesses um, can be successful, but it's that old stigma, and I still see it, where they don't want to be in debt. They don't want to have an overdraft. They don't want to go for a loan because they see that as a sense of failure. But these days it's not. When you go and borrow for money and ask for more, if you're doing it for the right reasons and, you're, and you've had your accountant go through the numbers with you, then it's actually a, a sense of success because you're on that trajectory of growth. And let's face it, not every business can self-fund themselves. Absolutely. I would say that most businesses can't, particularly if there's any sort of capital that needs to be purchased or stuff. True. Or even just, you know, the widgets that you need to make the widgets. All of those things require funding. even your day-to-day overheads. If you want to move into an office, Mm -hmm. if you've got wages to pay, if you need to meet all those um, expenses. And if you're... um, customers aren't paying for 60 days, then there is a cash flow gap there. Mm. And so being able to identify what that gap is and what solution is out there for you is where we need to be in as, as you know, accountants, bookkeepers. That's the kind of value-add advice we should be doing. Um, yes, compliance is important because all that stuff needs to be done in order to get those certain loans over the line. But it's not where I believe the small business owner values... Um, our import. That's fantastic advice there. It's really good to see that overview that you've got from your wealth of knowledge working with such a variety of businesses. I know, Lynette. Now, let's talk to you, David. Thank you. Welcome again to the program. Um, I want to talk to you about the actual self-funding, small business funding guide. How did it come about and where did the connection happen with the um, office of Kate Carnell? So you you said before that um, 
we've got years of experience. Scottish Pacific's been around for 30 years, has been uh, lending money to small businesses and increasing their chances of uh, making a success of their, their business. Uh, and a key question that uh, new clients to Scottish Pacific often ask us is, uh, or, or a key comment rather that they often make to us when they first come to Scottish Pacific is, I wish I'd known about this type of arrangement much earlier in, uh, in my career and in, and in the history of the business. Uh, and what that told us is that there was a need to get the message about how we fund businesses and how we fund businesses in a different way mm-hmm. out to the, uh, to the broader community. And we were thinking about that. Um, along the way, Peter Langham, our, our CEO, has had many interactions with, with Kate Carnell, and they share a passion for small business. If you meet Peter, you know he's, a, he's very passionate about small business and about helping small business succeed. Kate is similarly passionate, and I think through their conversations, they decided, pretty much as in your intro, to share information and to put together a really practical guide for how businesses and business advisors, so be that accountants, finance brokers, could just in an easy, consumable way sort of work through the options for funding the business from uh, going to the bank, uh, which is a really good start for many, many businesses, right the way through to the different types of finance provided by non-bank financiers such as ourselves. When I looked at the guide, I think what I particularly um, liked about it was, um, as I said, easy to digest, very easy to understand, um, and it's not too long and cumbersome as well. But it reads to me a little bit like... Uh, it's advice for advisors, the accountants and bookkeepers out there who are financially aware of what their businesses are doing. But it, it reads as though it's very much um, a sort of a hand-holding exercise to assist your clients with understanding what it means to be financially fit. Was that the reason behind why you did it? It wasn't necessarily the reason behind why we did it, but it's a it's an outcome of how we're trying to convey the message. If, if we go back to that earlier piece of conversation about financial fitness, and uh, it's a bit like going to the gym. If you go to the gym and you have a personal trainer, mm-hmm. the personal trainer will generally give you a guide, mm-hmm. some of the things that you're actually going to do and step you through a series of things that you do from uh, from working out in the gym through to looking after your nutrition to help get fit. It's very, very similar. So the logic was, was just the same. Break it down into the parts that, that people can can actually manage and influence uh, and allow people just to work through that in a, in a nice, simple and straightforward way and come to the right decisions for their business. Tell me about the data that was behind uh, this guide. What were you noticing? What sort of trends or uh, movements in the financial services sector were you, were you noticing in, in the way that it affects small business? Yeah. So every six months, we do a, um, a survey, uh, a small business survey. Uh, we survey or we have an organisation that surveys uh, over a 1,000 clients. The, la- the latest survey was 1,260 um, small businesses that ask them for uh, issues that are concerning them uh, in relation to growing their business and funding their business. We call it the Scottish Pacific Growth Index. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, a few, and a few trends have been emerging there over the, over the last couple of years. We do this every six months so we can see, see these trends emerging. The first is that um, uh, small businesses are much more willing to entertain the notion of borrowing from a non-bank lender than they were a few years ago. Um, so it's a, it's a really positive trend that suggests that, that uh, people want to be more aware of, op- of the options that non-bank providers, uh, non-bank lenders provide, um, but also that, that, that they're starting to explore and, there's, and, and perhaps uh, maybe a lack of confidence or they've had some poor experiences when they've tried to borrow money from the banks. The second is that uh, in the most recent survey, cash flow is emerging as a, as a bigger worry and a bigger concern. Than, Hasn't it than always has been, been a big concern? It's it has, but, it, but, going up. but our trend is very much seeing that it's an increasing worry for them. So each time we ask them in the survey whether their cash flow um, forecast is better 
or worse than it was before. And there's a clear trend that this time people think that cash cash is a bigger problem than it was six months ago and a bigger problem than it was six months before that. Can I ask you, in your opinion, do you think that's an economic indicator? I, I think there's definitely challenges in, in the economy. So uh, we, we have um, uh, nearly uh, 1,600 clients. We, we um, factor or, or account for uh, debt to the tune of $19 billion across a year. And uh, we get a pretty good snapshot of what's happening in the economy. And I think there is definitely some, some slowing in, in the economy. Yeah. I think it's interesting with the different aspects that you're uh, checking, but you're also getting that trajectory, aren't you? Because you're asking the same, roughly the same questions of the, the same group of small businesses uh, over time. So you're getting to see that index move um, in different ways and give us indicators about where things are heading. That cash flow issue, is that a, a main driver for why um, this small business funding guide has come out as well? That was certainly one of the one of the drivers. I think another driver though is time. Uh, client, um, uh, small businesses are, are, are basically people businesses there, and the people that run those businesses are, are time poor. They've got lots of things that they they want to do, and they spend an increasing amount of time running the administration of their business, particularly as they start to try and master, you know, online accounting packages. So uh, I think time is another another piece. So we want to give them something simple and easy to easy to use. Uh, would you um, also agree with those uh, those um, thoughts about cash flow, Lillette? Would you say that there's um, there's more of a stress placed on small businesses, say, in the last five years than previous to that with regards to cash flow? Yeah, certainly is. Uh, I was just talking to um, David before and I was, you know, talking to him about I'm actually seeing even my larger clients who never had cash flow issues, always had surplus cash, always paid their bills on time. Or, you know, so they were the perfect, the ideal small business um, and, and they are struggling now. So it's quite concerning when you're seeing those businesses who didn't have those issues before. I, I think it's just a sign of the times that we live in a very competitive uh, world and there is more choice for people and, and people are being, uh, you know, thinking twice about how they spend their money. Um, I also see the flip side to that is that it's making businesses look at their expenses, look at how they're spending their money. And what I am seeing, though, is whilst sales may go down, cash flow might be tighter, margins are improving. Because people are because giving more people thought, are to, giving more thought to, to how they're purchasing their product, how they're selling their product. So it's making, it is making businesses think more about it. So even for me in a service industry where it was quite easily for us to go out there and sell bookkeeping services, that's becoming harder as well because if we can't sell that value, people won't spend. It's a very interesting point actually when it comes to that that margin that um, yes, it's people's sales are going down but at the yeah. same time they're getting a little bit better with their, their back end and their expenses and they're giving more thought. And do you think that the emergence of um, cloud accounting and having that on-demand information which is in real time has helped people better understand where their money is going out the door? Um, for those businesses who are working with an accounting professional, absolutely. Uh, for those who don't, I think it's actually made it worse for them because where in the you know pre-cloud accounting, they would go visit their accountant at least once a quarter mm-hmm. and to get their BAS done. So they actually knew where they, they stood at least every quarter, whereas now they're probably trying to attempt doing it themselves or not doing it at all. Mm. Um, so I think we're actually probably seeing in some cases some businesses who 
who who aren't um, doing as well as we would think they would be because they're using the cloud accounting tools. It, it's a tool is no use if you're not armed and you haven't partnered with someone who can help you interpret the numbers. That's a very good point, and it obviously um, links directly to the funding issues that are experienced by small business. When we come back after the break, Lilith, I wanted to ask you about the myriad of different funding options and how this guide can help people navigate their way through the different options. You're sure. listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd on Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back after this. So today we're talking all about the Small Business Funding Guide, which was released by Scottish Pacific and Kate Carnell's office, the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman. Just before the break, I was talking to our lovely guest, Lalette and David, about how the Small Business Funding Guide can assist businesses. And David mentioned that there is, of course, a myriad of options when it comes to small business funding. Now, what's interesting about that is how do you navigate around it? Lalette, you're the small business bookkeeping accounting expert. Mm -hmm. How do you use this guide to help your clients to understand what the difference can be between different types of lenders out there for small business? Okay, well, I think first and foremost, uh, you need to have a clean set of financial accounts to then be able to determine um, who you go to get finance from, what type of finance that could look like. And it also depends on, you know, are they looking to purchase new equipment? Are they looking to put on new staff? Um, are they looking for a, a capital injection? Um, so there's so many different things. And I think you need to work backwards and go, okay, well, where is it that you want to be? Mm-hmm. And how can we make that happen? So if you invoice um, and, and transport's a great industry where, you know, they have to pay their contractors within X amount of days, but they don't get paid for, you know, for 30, 60 days so, or, or a labour hire, they may be looking at data factoring, so where they get their invoices paid up front, 80% mm. of it. So that is a great solution as well. Um, or, you know, if they need um, a piece of equipment, you know, if you're a printing company and you need to buy a, a brand new printer because it's going to allow you to do, you know, digital printing that you couldn't do before or wide format. So you would want to borrow for that as well. But one thing that's what I don't um, encourage is to borrow for a business that's bleeding. So it needs to be making, I mean, and people out there will disagree because some people go, you know, it's not about profit, it's about growth. Um, But at the end of the day, you also need to be making a profit because if there is no profit, you're just pouring money into a business that that you're just, I guess, prolonging the inevitable that is about to happen. And that's where you get behind in your, you know, your tax debts and stuff. But there's so many options out there. It really depends on the type of business, the industry and what they're planning to do. But you can't do anything if you don't have a, a set of up-to-date and clean financials. I think it's a really good point that you were raising there about knowing what the end use of the funding is going to be because I think uh, it's just a little bit too easy with the intraweb these days to go on there and shop around and maybe get something that isn't quite right and quite the right fit. And the interest could kill you without knowing the fine print. (laughs) Yeah, we are hearing about that all the time. Um, And so understanding what the loan means and understanding what it could mean for you in terms of of the long-term projection. And and I think it's really important that whoever you do use, you want to make sure they're doing their due diligence on you as a business and not just throwing money at you because they could just be throwing money at at a business that's not doing so well and are you do you need that money to to pay your your debts you, mm. you know your tax debts 
then that's really an issue there in itself. So, David, what are some of the other things that you see small businesses typically make in terms of mistakes when it comes to small business funding before they've come to something like Scottish Specific for help? Just before I go there, I'll just uh, further to the uh, to the previous question. I'd give an unashamed plug for the uh, for the funding guide because within the funding guide there is a, uh, a there is a matrix that sets out the different ty- all the different types of funding that are available to small businesses and the different types of business, the stages of, of business that, that you're at. And so part of the reason for putting that guide together was to help was to help uh, businesses and business owners kind of work through those options in a, in a straightforward way. And, and I also echo the point that there's no substitute for getting somebody that's an expert and, and knows more about this. So consulting with uh, accountants and finance brokers is a, yeah, is a really good way to go to. And um, you, what do you think the mistakes are that small businesses make before they really get their act well, together and go to the right place well, and get the right advice? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mentioned the, the uh, growth index survey that we do. And uh, one of the questions in there is, um, who is your trusted advisor? And uh, almost half of the people that we serve, or half of the businesses that we surveyed, said that their trusted advisor was a friend or a colleague. Uh, excellent. Um, That's so not what course, we want to hear. <laughs> so, of course, if you've got some friends like my friends, uh, you wouldn't necessarily get the best business advice and, um, and uh, you may end up... Uh, Heading down the wrong track. Fifty, oh, close to fifty percent. Close to fifty percent. Forty-six. So that in itself is is sort of a major error that you you think yeah. people make. Lilette. I'm not surprised. I'm yeah. not surprised yeah. at all. Yeah. Do you know how many times we hear? Monday mornings, you get that email. Oh, I was at a barbecue and I was talking to my friend who said that I can do this, this, and that. Well, okay, let's just deal with it again and go through the whole, you know, process. But yeah, no, I'm not surprised at all. We hear it all the time and cloud accounting has also just created this whole no loyalty to anyone. Um, you will just swap and move accountants, bookkeepers, finance brokers so easily. And it takes time to really understand and learn the nuances of each one of their clients in the yes. accounting and bookkeeping world. I think that that's, you know, that that's an important thing that why you need to sort of hang on to a good um, accountant or bookkeeper that's going to assist you through that journey because there, there are highs and lows, of course. There are. David? Alexia, another um, uh, common mistake is thinking that there isn't a solution. So oh. tax debts are, you know, is, is it is it good example where people can believe that, you know, a large tax debt that they're struggling to pay with it is actually, you know, the end of the, the business. There are often ways to work through this and we've we've helped a number of businesses that have that have had funding problems and tax debt problems in particular because that does uh, cause the bank some consternation at times. We've worked through those when people have actually come and spoken to us. So um, there is a solution out there more often than not. Yeah, and, and I suppose it's like everything. It's it, This can be a very big mental health issue for small businesses when they're going through their highs and their lows. Um, and obviously getting help as early as possible, seeking advice and to the right people, not your mates at the barbecue, <laughs> is, uh, is a really good way of solving the problem. Harry, let's bring you into the conversation. Firstly, welcome to Triple H. Thank you. Now, you're here to tell us about your expertise with running uh, a very successful business called Hollier's Transport. Yes. And obviously, as we just mentioned, there's lots of ups and downs and highs and lows. Um, tell me about what, what are some of, if you don't mind, some of the kind of mistakes that you've made along the way when it comes to funding and what's some really great advice you can give other businesses? Um, the, 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 the hardest thing was trying to, because we started as a new business, it's always hard, you know, new businesses have failure rates are, are very high. So um, one of the uh, biggest mistakes we made was not costing things properly. Mm. Um, it's important being in transport, the margins are low. 
you have to cost everything properly, you manage your cash flow properly. Um, and we deal with various customers, we deal with the major transport companies and they all have different payment terms. Uh, staying on top of your payment terms is critical. But um, we use uh, Scottish Pacific Data Finance and that sort of covered that gap. Mm. Um, but it's been a tough two years to get everything on track. We've secured a major contract with one of the biggest um, transport businesses around, uh, worldwide. Um, so, and um, yeah, it's it's been tough. But I've always had, I've been an accountant, as my background is accounting. So I sort of understood all that kind of thing. So um, yeah, which is really good for our business. Do you think it was with all of the craziness and the, 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 the amount of hats you need to wear at the beginning of the business, was that what stopped you from doing the costings properly? Because I'm finding it yeah. slightly amusing that you were an accountant previously yeah. and then you had trouble But you're always, learning, you're always learning as yeah. an accountant as well. I've been an accountant for 12 years, but um, it was just being involved in so many different aspects of business. Transport's a very um, low-margin business but requires a lot of overheads to manage mm. it. Mm. So, you know, a compliance person, you know, a maintenance person. And with our business, we had uh, only two of us. Um, but eventually now we've set up the whole operation. Um, we've got a back office that manages our our invoicing and, and, and follow-up uh, debtor, uh, chasing up debtors. We have operations function, we have a compliance person. So at the start, yeah, it's just trying to do everything at once. And, um, you know, you, you're trying to manage everything. It just becomes really hard. But eventually through, you know, mental, your mindness and all that is so important. Mm. Um, I've just basically worked through it for over two years. We've been around for three years now. Um, we're doing really well now, so but the first two years were very hard. Can you explain to me for someone who may not understand the, the concept of that plugging that gap between when the invoices come in and when the costs go out. How does that work in practical terms when you engage um, with a, a funding um, you know, opportunity like Scottish Pacific? How does it work? Do you kind of have to cost things out and then work out what the length of time it's going to take for the invoicing? Yeah, you have to do... We do, we do weekly forecasts now mm-hmm. um, to see what's coming in. Is that a P&L you're looking at weekly or uh, what are you looking P&L at? P&L we look at weekly as well as uh-huh. well as a cash flow report. Yep. But what we do is important because uh, Scottish Pacific is a bit more um, requires a bit more in depth analysis because you know you got eighty percent funded and then you get twenty percent retention when the money comes in lesser fees. Yes. Um, so we sort of go a bit more in depth and we've got a lot of lease payments going out as well every week. So um, the cash flow report is the most important part of it because without cash you can't really run. And then the other important part is profit. And I agree with what you're saying. Profit's really important because mm. if you're you know, when you factor in costs like Scottish Pacific, you have to factor that into your costs. Sometimes you may not factor that into your costs and then, you know, you, you may not know that you're running at a loss. So it's mm. so important that you cost everything properly. Yeah, so doing things weekly is really crucial. Weekly, yeah. um, what does that cash flow forecasting look like? What sort of a tool are you using? Is uh, it just an industry simple spreadsheet. Yep. Simple spreadsheet. Um, just coming, all the revenue coming in, cash coming in. Yep. Um, we basically know based on our customer payment terms when cash is coming in, based on our creditors' uh, pay, uh, supply payments, what's going out, and then we've got wages and fuel in between. So it's just getting those things right. And then you can actually pick up how to, um, you know, if you've got a problem coming up, you can pick it up earlier than, than the night, you know, instead of picking up at a moment where you've got no cash, you know what I mean? so important doing those things, especially in transport. Yeah. Our margins are around 10%, so... You know, running at a tight margin, one little, and we're running line haul as well around Australia, east the seaboard. So mm-hmm. that that you know, you have trucks running up to Brisbane and Melbourne, and you know, one little slip, you know, and uh, 
you know, it's a problem. So a we keep on top of everything. Payroll problem. Yeah. Payroll, you know, so. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, I think of transport and you think of small business being the engine room of the economy. God, I hate that expression. <laughs> uh, but you've also got transport, which is almost the backbone of, yeah. because with such a massive geography, geographical distance between cities around here, it's, yeah. you know, we, we need transport to be able to run efficiently. And it's so important that you cost it right as well. We cost based on cents per kilometre. So, and just getting the right margins. Transport's already cutthroat industry, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to price it right and not price it based on your competition because, you know, they could – it's very you – could, you could lose the money in so, so short a period of time and it's very hard to recover. So you've got to be very, very careful in what you do on a, on a daily basis. And, of course, things like fuel prices, yes. absolutely massive um, sort yeah, of fluctuations. Yeah, making sure you apply the right fuel levies on, on, on your invoices. And every transport company has a different fuel levy. And just some of them I don't think know how to calculate it properly. So <laughs> – just yeah. gotta, you got to stay on top of it. So really, your big piece of advice is be an accountant first and then start <laughs> no, running like, it. <laughs> you just got to find the right accountant who has the industry experience. Yes, and, and I think that's quite a good transport, piece Especially transport, it's really a niche sort mm. of industry. So I've been involved in it um, for nearly five or six years now. So I actually spent the first two years of trying to understand the costing side of it, things. And um, I've been thrown into the deep end where I had to sort of work it out. And uh, um, costing a truck and, you know, having the right impulse like maintenance arrangements and all that with your with the likes of Scania and Volvo are so important and you know because that allows you to manage your cash flow better with fixed costs on your on your on your repairs because um, if that blows out you know a hundred thousand dollar repair on a truck is going to send you basically a major cash flow problem and then you you can't use a truck if it's off the road then you can't generate revenue off it and you have massive problems. Do you think um, funding is more difficult now than it was when you started, or is it? What's your what's your projection in terms of funding around? I think funding the likes of um, um, being a new start. We, we we had problems with the major banks because of their tight, you know, being less than two years. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest supporters was Scottish Pacific. Um, they helped us, you know, with the debt of finance, which you can't really function in transport without. You know, debt of finance is so important, and then also helped us buy um, a new equipment to secure a major contract, which was for uh, two prime movers and two trailing gear. Uh, uh, sorry, two prime movers and a trailer, which we need at that time to service a contract. Mm. So uh, the people move. There's another option besides the major banks to go for funding, but you need to make sure you cost everything properly in and. Structuring the lease is so important as well with um, um, payment terms and balloons and all that, which also impacts your cash flow. It's some great advice, actually, and I don't think it's just relevant to the transport industry, of course. This is relevant for any sort of business out yeah. there. Do you think um, small businesses out there can function without, you know, the opportunities like Scottish Pacific, no. like other funding opportunities apart we're, from banks? Um, no, because you, we're an example of something that um, basically started from nothing to something. And they were our biggest supporters. Now we've basically also, being a strong trading history, we have got the banks on board with that to support us through other other uh, equipment finance. But we we respect the what they've done for a Scottish Pacific mm. in giving us that opportunity and started our business. And uh, we, because of that opportunity, we've had things that have opened up for us, which have led to our success. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, now the banks have come on board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lele, why do you think it's so important that we have a variety of small business funding options? Um, given, I mean, I'm going to use, I'm going to say the elephant in the room, the Royal Commission. <laughs> uh, has that made it, um, I guess, more of a level playing field for the the smaller funding options apart from the big four? Yeah, I, I think so. I think what we'll see in the next uh, 12 months, uh, next year, is we will see uh, 
more businesses look outside the big four. Um, they'll review their terms as well um, because the big four would have had some stringent terms and as they're coming out of those um, that, that, that review period, they'll start looking at the different options that are available to them mm. as well. So that's definitely um, something I see happening next year. Um, a lot of those small-time lenders, um, they're, they're fantastic. So why wouldn't you go to them if it's easier to get a loan than having to go through the big four, jump hoops and loops. Again, as long as everyone is doing their due diligence mm. and not just throwing money at a, a, a dead business. Mm. You just want to make yeah. sure that you've got all your ducks lined up. I, I don't want to see these things like what we have in Mortgage World, the low dock type loans. I don't think they exist anymore anyway. But um, yeah, I wouldn't want to see that happen because I can only... that's that's really only putting band-aids over businesses that should, you know, in all honesty, probably just close the doors mm. if it's not working. And get a J-O-B. Yep. Indeed. Exactly. David, what do you think that the Royal Commission impact is going to have in terms of impact on, on funding? Do you think it's going to make it a better place for small business to operate or do you think that it will bring out the charlatans? Look, un until a... Um until December last year, we were a listed business on the, on the stock exchange, and through last year, it was the number one question from analysts: was What do you think of the mm. the Royal Commission? And in all honesty, we haven't seen it make a great deal of difference to mm. to, to the marketplace. We're actually funded by banks, and so we have recently gone through a round of you know refinancing ourselves and and sorting out our funding. Uh, and there was um, lots of support for us. What we did notice is the process was harder than it has been in the past. So I think the biggest single impact is, uh, and I'm hearing this from, from clients and hearing this from, uh, uh, from former colleagues, I used to work for a bank, that, that the whole process of lending money is now harder and what used to take three weeks mm. now takes six weeks or, or even longer. So it's just pushing that time out and, and time can be, as per you know, Harry's conversation earlier, time can be quite important when you're, uh, when you're trying to sort out a short-term cash flow. Harry, would you agree with that? Are you experiencing that with your small business colleagues? Yeah. But one of the things I've always believed is it's so important in, in your business is having the right people in, around you, the right accountant, the right broker, and the, the right support. Um, if you have the right contacts, you can those things become a little bit easier. And um, like in our business, we have you know we have a relationship with Scottish Pacific, one of the CRMs. If we have any issues, we go straight to him, and we have a broker that we deal with, and you know he's got all the relationships with the relevant banks, um, and you got myself. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's also one aspect, but also having the right relationships is so important. Yeah, I like what you're saying there. It's a good way to, to wrap that part of the conversation up. Now, when we come back after the break, I wanted to talk to you guys about how specifically the Small Business Funding Guide can assist. Um, Lillette, you can give us some advice on how to read the guide and what, what what's the best way is to use it as a, as a real tool for small business. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM. You're live in the studio for Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. Today, we are talking all things small business funding with Lillette Kalasia, Harry Gruel from Hollywood as Transport and of course David Rose from Scottish Pacific. Now just before the break we were talking about um, being financially fit and recognising what part of your business you need to understand where you're at in terms of your, your numbers and being up to date. You're obviously very passionate about making sure businesses not even not only keep up to date with their numbers but actually understand what they are. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to me when, when do you recognise when it's important to sort of seek funding? How do you know what stage you're at when you're about to go to the next level? What's a good indicator? Uh, look, I, I think talking to your clients 
Because a lot of the times the, the answer is not going to be in front of you on a PL or a balance sheet. So a lot of the times um, where I would talk with my clients and understand what's in their head mm. and find out what their you know what their plans are for growth. Um, and I think once you understand that, then you can start, I guess, designing the business so it's ready to get that funding that it needs. So it could be, it could even be personal aspirations. It could be that the business owner wants to finally stop renting and buy property. So in that case, and I, I work with a lot of business owners on that as well. It's like, well, you need to start showing PAYG wages mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the books. Mm. Um, so th- that's probably the number one thing I am seeing. It's it's not even it's it's personal wealth. How can business owners create their own personal wealth um, and not just be a slave to the to the business? So that's one aspect. So you need to plan for that. You can't just go right. We're going to put you on the books this year, and you can get a loan in six months' time. Mm. No, you, it's probably something you need to do two months, two years, sorry, in advance and plan for that. Uh, if you want to open up another branch. So it's not so much just growth, organic growth. It's, it's, it's growth that you have a plan and it's a strategy type of growth. So there's two different types of growths I see in business. One is, wow, we've got all this business. Where does it come from? We need to quickly um, put more people on. So you need so the small business funding guide will take you through the different scenarios, the type of growth you're having, and it's like a matrix flowchart. And it's it just you. It's like you look here and you look there, left and right, and it'll guide you as to what kind of solutions are out there for your business. Um, and that's generally a lot of people are in crisis growth because it just happens from nowhere. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been there where all of a sudden I had all this work and I had no staff. Mm-hmm. So how was I going to get the staff and how was I going to pay for them? Um, and that happens everywhere. I see that in our industry so much. Um, but then there's the, the growth that you plan for. And if you plan for that, then you probably have more choice as to what type of lending options are available. But it all comes down to talking with your clients and understanding um, where their head is at and what they want to do with the business. Harry, um, in terms of your business growth for Holly's Transport, obviously, I guess, taking on a new piece of equipment because you've got a new contract, that's kind of an obvious um, growth phase. Um, Do you factor in personal needs and requirements around your growth and where you want to be heading? Do you see things further in the future in your industry? Uh, All the time. We have um, requests from customers to do certain lanes. Because of our service, we've always got work that's coming in for us. But um, we we basically, because you've got to cap it, we've we've grown, we're now a six... we're a $6 million business now. Um, in two years, I think we're going to cap the growth because you don't want to grow too fast mm. because it's going to strain our resources. But, um, yeah, so... <laughs> That's a really interesting That's concept because, yeah, I mean, you, you have to factor that in as well when you're thinking about growth. Where do you cap yeah. it? It's, it's, sorry, can I just add to mm. that? It's a really good point. Uh, a lot of the times I'm actually telling my... Well, advising my clients... I don't think you can afford to grow anymore. You're actually making decent profit now. 
if you grow any more, you still you and you need to put someone else on. You're actually going to start losing money. Yeah, so this right. is your sweet spot. This is where you need to stay. Mm. So it's understanding your break even and understanding, you know, how much room do you have to play with before you need to put new equipment on, put a new truck on, put new staff on until it starts bleeding. People yeah. are fixated on growth. To me, it's all about margins and profit. Yeah. That's a good yeah, point. Growth is not necessarily yeah, um, necess- leading to profits. Could lead to mm. uh, less profits. Correct. Especially in transport. If you don't pick up the right contract, yeah. you know, you can end up going backwards. And it also depends on the industry that you're in as well, different perceptions of growth. You know, if you're in retail, then perhaps your perception of growth is opening a second or a third shop, but you need well, to know your numbers for that. We have a client who is in retail and we've advised them your overheads are way too are top heavy that you need to open up more stores to dilute those overheads. Yeah. Hmm. So in some cases, I would be advising, yes, open up more stores because you have the infrastructure and the resources in place. You won't need to add any more except wages for, for staff mm. and the rent, but that's okay. The sales will... Um, the, the sales will cover all those costs, mm. and so it comes to it comes down to sort of once you've got all your processes and procedures in place, and you've yeah. got all that working nicely for you, that's another maybe example of where you can see growth, a scalable growth. Yes, mm. yeah. fantastic. David, um, talk me through some of the statistics that you have around small business growth points. Uh, well, I can talk you through some statistics from our internal mm. uh, customer base. So we, we've we've analysed our internal customers because a couple of years ago our business grows uh, at, at a, uh, the revenue line at around 10% a year and uh, we really wanted to understand where that revenue growth was coming from because we don't add a, very, a large number of clients every year. When we unpicked it what we found is that our clients were actually in high growth industries so we so if you look at the Australian economy it's it's not a two-speed economy it's a it's a multi-speed economy and there are certain parts of the Australian economy that are growing very very well and other parts that are that are struggling so we found that our clients were actually in the high growth areas uh, and these were typically businesses that had um, strong uh, strong customer relationships new customer relationships but in, in industries where they didn't have large assets in terms of property plant and equipment and so what those what those businesses were looking for was a flexible financing solution that could grow as they were growing and Mm. often with bank funding there's there's caps uh, and covenants and restrictions around how that funding works so uh, so we found that you know our clients were were surprisingly to us in the first instance in it really growing and growing strongly and uh, and as they grow we were growing on the on the back of it as well and is this why um the likes of kate carnell's asbifio's offices come on board with this funding guide because it's recognise that good understanding of being financially fit leading to good quality funding and understanding when you need to grow and when you need to pull back and when you need to cap it. It's an expression that we're definitely going to be using more in the show. Uh, and then, uh, you know, helping it move forward. Is that why you've partnered with, with Kate to get that word out there about this quality product? Absolutely. Absolutely. And to help, um, to help businesses and business advisors understand uh, and identi- to ident- identify the need for the funding. So mm. if I can encapsulate those two previous bits of conversation, it's, it's really about you know, the funding need. And, uh, and we've just been through financing ourselves. So a need drives that, whether it's a need for growth, whether it's a need to deal with a particular problem, uh, if, it was a, you know, if it was a truck off the road or new, or new trucks, there's a particular need that, that businesses have got. So, and that guide, working through that and giving, giving clients and, uh, and businesses a, a, a simple way of working through that was why we partnered with the... 
And I think the key takeaways today is really, firstly, obviously, from your perspective, Lillette, is really understanding your numbers and knowing what uh, what reports you need to be doing, keeping up to date, but also getting good quality advice and someone who's really invested in the process with yeah. you. Well, I, I think you can just see by um, Holliers having Harry, who is an accountant, working in the business, mm. how essential it is that, you know, that business could have gone anyway if you didn't have a numbers person managing it on a day-to-day. Transport is a fickle business, so and the margins are low. You can't afford to have one mistake. So, And there are lots of businesses out there. So I think whether, you know, your business doesn't warrant to have a full-time accountant, but it certainly warrants to, to give your business the best chance of survival is to partner with an accountant or a bookkeeper. And mm. not all businesses need bookkeepers, mm. but if you are turning over X amount of dollars and you have lots of volume, then you would definitely want to align with the bookkeeper mm. think, a great accountant. I think one of the biggest things is trying to understand the numbers because it gives you a story. When you look at a P&L, yeah. it gives you a story. So you need to actually not just... Some people just look at it and just go straight over the head, but actually make the effort to understand it. It's so important. And then the accountant can guide you in the right direction to try and understand. Once you get the understanding, you're pretty much um, good, you know what I mean? So it's just trying to understand. Understanding um, your key levers in yeah. your business. Yeah. That's because there's important. things in the P&L and the balance sheet and the, and the cash flow that you can you can move around to actually yeah. make your business run better. So uh, profit, yeah, the, the, the figures are so important. That's fantastic advice. Um, look, I'd like to thank all three of you for coming on the show today on Triple H 100.1 FM. Um, it's been great to talk about the funding guide and how it assists small business through, um, you know, helping them to understand how to be financially fit. And you've given a great example, Harry. So Harry, David and Let, thank you so much for coming on Small Biz Matters. Thanks, Alexi. Now, if you've missed any of today's show, you can, of course, catch up via our podcast on Small Biz Matters on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, smallbizmatters.com.au has over 150 podcasts available to download. And because there is so much to discuss, we have yet to repeat a topic. If you've got a topic that you'd like us to cover, get in touch. And if you're holding an event, don't forget to let us know on our Small Biz Matters event calendar, and we will list it on there for you for free. You've been listening to Alexi. Boyd with Small Biz Matters. We'll be back next week. Thanks for joining me.